Live from the base camp of Silicon Slopes, this is Tech Tales. And now, your moderately talented but extremely attractive hosts, Cash and Jesse. Cash, what's happening? Just another day here at the beautiful Tech Tales studios. Yes, <laughs> yes it is. Nice, balmy afternoon. This is going to be a very interesting podcast because Cash just got done with a 45-hour flight. <laughs> And lethargic, but anything for the fans. <laughs> committed. Committed. <laughs> um, so anyway, so the uh, the last time that we got together, um, Ian, who is also back with us again today. What's up, Ian? Howdy. Um, he was talking about a lot of, you know, protecting IP um, and making sure that, you know, you take the proper steps. And that obviously spawned a lot of activity on uh, Twitter. Asking about, you know, well, that's really great that you have it. Yeah. How to's. What do I do? <laughs> yes. And so we thought that we would take just a, a couple bonus as a, well, we'll call it Tech Tales bonus round. <laughs> to, to, uh, uh, to dig a little bit deeper um, in some of that. So It's a scary subject. People wanted a little more prescription. What can I do? So we got some, we got some tips for you. <laughs> Perfect. So, Ian, um, protecting your code. Yeah. So what do you do? What, what do you do after you write it? What do you do while you write it? What do you do to keep it safe? These are questions that people ask. Um, you know, there's, a, there's a number of things. And we'll talk about sort of small businesses and we'll talk about large businesses. Small businesses will, you can inject or include certain lines of code um, uh, in your uh, your repositories and, and in your other code that if the code ever does become public, you get notified of that because there are tools out there that are actively sort of monitoring uh, for code that shouldn't be made public. Sure. So we have we have our code base, yep. right? And there's probably certain functionalities in there that are more popular than others. Right. And so there's a methodology you can go about or something you can do think, think to trend. alert if something like a – you got to dumb it down for me. Sure. Burglar alarm, is that what we're talking about? Bur- similar to burglar alarm. More so, more so uh, tracking cookie in your email, right? Someone knows you opened that email, right? Mm. HubSpot, one of these type of tools. Uh, similar. Bank sim- bag, the explosion. Similar, yeah. similar type of tool. That's and it. That's it. many of the, the bigger players like uh, Amazon, um, the Microsoft Azure, and some of these platforms have some of those tools sort of out of the box that they can automatically detect uh, if uh, these sort of problems happen. We took over a project actually for uh, a previous client or for, for, sorry, for a current client uh, from uh, a, a different company. And after we took over that project, that other company put their code up. And because this company was on uh, Azure, uh, you know, we were able to detect that and then issue. Somebody some, tried to steal their code? Someone tried to. How dare well, they? Or at least published it inappropriately. Okay. And. Um, and so these tools always with the inappropriate publisher. <laughs> <laughs> well, these these tools are out there to, to to effectively prevent that, right? And it's available for some of these uh, more enterprise hosting providers. The the first um, thing that they probably should do though is really make sure they limited access to who has uh, access to what code base, right? You can split the code base. You can have front end, back end, right? Uh, so you can effectively limit the damage that could occur. <laughs> Only make so many keys, fair right, enough. Right, by limiting what engineers have access to. Um, mid-size and large organizations have the sort of ability to use VPN tools to 
have their engineers, they have to dial into a server first to get access to thing, things. And then nothing can get off that server because of certain rules they put in place. Uh, they don't let you download code on. Because that's obviously where the majority of the risk is, right? Because if you have a smaller shop, you know, I mean, I guess it goes two ways, right? Because smaller shop, you don't have as many processes in place for protection. Yeah. And so you're a little bit more vulnerable. But then you get to a bigger place and you just have more dudes that could yeah. be. Correct. Correct. And the actual yeah. IP is more valuable at that point, right? Right. So it's like a little more risk than a startup that really hasn't generated any revenue yet. Like they, haven't cro- they haven't closed Jiffy on the peanut right. butter jar yet. Exactly. Fair enough. Correct. And so a lot, much larger organizations move towards a, a structure like that where they can they can physically lock down your your laptop, your machine. Um, and uh, that way, you know, if, if something gets detected that's either A, an anomaly, or B, uh, malicious, they can you know, just lock you out, right? Um, those are those are some of the primary mechanisms by which many companies are sort of protecting themselves. Um, you know, then of course the sort of next uh, kind of layer you can can take is uh, you know active sort of security monitoring services. Um, but when a an event like this occurs, when you know things happen, it hasn't happened to ZipTech uh, in a in a ten year period. This is me. <laughs> no, it hasn't, it hasn't happened to ZipTech in the 10-year period yes. but with the hundreds of clients we've served. Um, but when the when that happens, there are, there's a formal process for getting code taken down. You can issue what is called a DCMA request. It's okay, of, and, and just so we can, like, let's lay it out like step one. Like step one. So you have this step approach, one, and you've been alerted that it, things are not going, yeah, yeah, something's a problem. Something, something is afoot. Yes. You, you've been alerted. Uh, step uh, one. You then, of course, you should immediately sort of check your internal resources, you know, ask around, make sure there's not somebody who's like actively doing that with other things they shouldn't be. Uh, so so check your house first, make sure it's not on fire. Uh, make, okay. sure you, make sure you didn't leave that oven on, uh, okay. so to speak. And then uh, from there, if you've got a clear direction as to where that outside piece of data may be. And how would I go about like trying to figure that part out? Like Right. So so either A, you're notified. By the way, those are my best questions ever. <laughs> a, you're notified because you've put in uh, one of those sort of tracking type mechanisms, or B, you have uh, one of these tools like Azure or AWS that's going to notify you of someone using your... Okay, so AWS says, hey, this is what, what just went down. Correct. Um, so then what you can do is, of course, they're, they're going to ask you for a little bit of information, um, but you can issue what is called a DCMA request. It's a formal... What a, does anyone in the world know what DCMA means? You said keep it simple. Fair enough. We'll, let, let, <laughs> let, it, it's, it's a formal request. Okay. Just Google DCMA request. <laughs> Fair and enough. You can, and you can Google it on the relevant platform that... Uh, you know, um, you GitHub or GitLab or one of these places where it may be published. Um, and they'll ask you for a little bit of information. You fill that information out and you can then send that formal request. They'll review it and then take that, you know, material down if it doesn't, uh, if it, you know, it seems to conform to that request. Um, they, these, these larger platforms, these larger, um, you know, code hosting platforms and hosting platforms are very used to receiving these types of requests, unfortunately. Um, and so the process is well understood um, because uh, this this activity happens where where people are posting things that you know they don't own or they, they shouldn't post or uh, perhaps is an accident. And, uh, and, and once that happens, though, like is the genie out of the bottle? Like, how, is there anything that you can practically do 
without just like kind of taking it on the chin as far as like, all right, well, now the code's out there mm -hmm. and now I really just have to up my game because part of the secret sauce is now in right. the market. So, the, you know, of course you need to go to that individual that is sort of the culprit, so to speak. and Because uh, uh, that part will be pretty easy to flush out, yeah, right? Like, oh, huh. look yes. what he's doing. Uh, and, you know, taking, you know, of course consult your lawyer and blah, 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 blah. All that good stuff, but, yeah. But you can, you know, if, if something is malicious, you know, Explore legal action, uh, appropriate legal action. I would say, uh, in many cases, like legal action is probably not necessary. DC may request will take care of some of the problems they're going to cause. Um, but taking these steps that we talked about earlier to sort of um, make sure you're you have these kind of like tracking snippets in your code. Maybe you've limited access via only giving them access to the front end or the back end, etc. Splitting up job roles, having controls in place. Uh, is really the best way to sort of protect yourself. Yeah, and so the process can allow it only having like a person work on one little section and not see. That's how like every single mafia scam works. True. Every single time. They're always just one little part of the big scheme. That's how they stay alive. Those guys. So smart. <laughs> so smart. <laughs> um, when it comes to protecting code, is there anything else that you think would be super valuable for our listeners to know or kind of a final thought when it comes to you know, best practices, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, who you hire is is probably the most important, um, uh, you know, that is the most contributing, that is the contributing factor of of what is going to occur with your code, right? If you're, if you're hiring someone who's untrustworthy or, uh, you know, doesn't really have the wherewithal to think like, oh, this could be a bad idea that I publish this guy's code um, and it could damage that company and that company's reputation, um, you're really sort of you're putting yourself a disadvantage in that, that yeah way. and and it's super tough because I actually know of an experience um, you know where we did build something for somebody and um, like the decision was made to take those things in house mm -hmm. and they, they thought that the safer move was to just be doing it themselves um, it's like oh well we don't want to trust any like contractors or outside consultants because right. that could be a bigger risk and then they didn't have the internal, I mean, the contractor or consultant who had tons of processes in place because it's all they do, yeah. you know, ended up would have been a much safer bet because when they brought it in-house, they didn't have that thing locked in. Right. What do you know? Yeah. All of a sudden, you've just trained a new competitor. Correct. It's like, awesome. Because yeah. people actually are more strict with contractors or vendors than they are with employees, you know. So if you look at, like, normal NDAs or contract relationships, that verbiage is usually much stronger than your employee agreements. So it's a it's kind of a, a fallacy to think that, oh, an employee is going to treat me so much yeah. better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That Debbie, she's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much. Really appreciate you coming down and sharing time with us. Cash, any final thoughts? <laughs> Another great podcast. <laughs> podcast gold, baby. Thank you for listening to TechTales. TechTales is sponsored by ZipTech, custom development and Encore CRM. Win faster with Encore. If you have a topic you'd like the guys to discuss, email us at hello at ziptech.com.